Greetings podcast world and welcome to the ICOC Weekly Podcast with your host, Rich Bartoli. ICOC Weekly does interviews from all corners of the globe, striving to build connections with the International Churches of Christ through podcasting. Get ready to laugh, learn, and maybe even shed a few tears as you hear the stories of your brothers and sisters from around the world. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Greetings all. Welcome to ICOC Weekly Podcast. This is your host, Rich Bartoli. So great to be here again. And uh, thanks so much for joining me for the show. Happy holidays to everyone. If you are uh, in the United States where I am and in other places around the world, it is the holiday season. We are in full throes and hopefully you are enjoying it and feeling the holiday spirit. I am feeling the holiday spirit, so I thought I would give the gift of a podcast. I, uh, I apologize for the absence that we've had for past couple of months. It has been very hectic in the Bartoli household. We had some health concerns that went on in the month of November, and then uh, and then at the same time, and, and additionally, the church here has moved towards purchasing a building, and that's a kind of a big deal. And so, anyway, it's been it's been a busy couple of months, and I apologize for the absence, but I'm so excited to be back and to put out an episode. This is awesome. Uh, so I am energized and all fired up, and I. I Thank you so much for joining. I'm really excited about this episode. This is one of the highlights for me. Uh, when I was at the ICMC, uh, you know, different people would come up and they, they would say, hey, we're fans of the podcast. And that was super encouraging. And uh, one couple came over and they just shared about how much they love the podcast. And, and uh, it was really, really encouraging stuff. Well, then as we got to talking, their work in the ministry was like incredible. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, like, thanks for supporting, but we got to get you on the podcast. And so we sat down and did an interview. And that is uh, Max and Alyssa Anderson from Grand Junction, Colorado. And it is just this incredibly inspiring story of the, uh, the Denver church and them planting a small group in Grand Junction, Colorado and supporting that group and seeing it grow from really just a very small planting to uh, an established church to where Max and Alyssa are now on staff there with the church. And so it's this really cool story of pioneering new areas with different ways of, of thinking about how to do it and it has inspired us to consider some things and and uh, and step out on faith here in the uh, in West Virginia where we are starting in January our Huntington group which is about an hour away from Charleston is going to start meeting on its own and moving towards in August being a church planting in Huntington and, and it's so much of imitating the faith of uh, what Denver has done and and uh, um, some other places, Indiana, we've, we've talked about. That was a great interview, but uh, people like Max and Alyssa. And so this is super inspiring for me, Com- just moved my heart so much. It was such a great time. And so that's who our interview is today. And so I think you're really going to enjoy this one. You can enjoy it as you're traveling, uh, you know, on your way for the holidays, listen. And, and if you are, man, I hope you have a great, great holiday. So anyway, without any further ado, I give you Max and Alyssa Anderson. Away we go. 
All right. Welcome to ICOC Weekly. I'm your host, Rich Bartoli, and I'm so excited to be joined today by Max and Alyssa Anderson of Grand Junction, Colorado. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks, Rich. Thank this is great. And uh, I'm, we're at the ICMC, and so we're doing a lot of uh, campus-themed interviews, and these guys are doing some amazing work in Colorado, some pioneering, some frontier, new ways of thinking about things and doing things. So I am super excited about this conversation, as I told them before. Uh, partly, I'm excited about other people learning about it, and partly because I want to hear, I want to learn. And so I'm very excited to have you guys on the show today. Thanks for joining. Thanks. Glad to be here. <laughs> and Alyssa looks terrified. So <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> so uh, again, part of the goal of the podcast is build connections and get to know people. We love hearing people's stories. So tell us a little bit about yourselves, your background, how you became Christians, and what life right now looks like for you guys. Yeah, we'd love to. Well... I became a Christian in the church in New Hampshire originally, and uh, I was reached out to by my dad. So I grew up uh, with my mom going to a Catholic church. Uh, my dad divorced, and my, my, my parents split, and my dad left when I was about one. So I didn't really oh, okay. have a whole lot of a relationship with him growing up. We saw each other here and there. But I basically went to a Catholic church with my mom growing up. Well, kind of on the side, my dad was wandering. Uh, hit a kind of dark spot in his life. It was basically on a business trip to Los Angeles, got met by some brothers in the Los Angeles church. He was actually sitting in a laundromat uh, reading his Bible, like the Ethiopian eunuch, when a brother walks up to him and is like, hey, do you know what you're reading? Yeah, (laughs) it's kind of crazy. (laughs) The laundromat story. The laundromat, (laughs) man. Share your faith in the laundromat. That's why I'm here. But uh, no, so he, he came out to church and studied the Bible, got baptized that week before he flew home from his business trip. And Are so, you serious? Yeah. Come on. It's amazing. So we just praise God for that. Uh-huh. But basically what happened is uh, he was faithful. And at the time, I was eight years old. I didn't know any of that had happened. Was okay. ha- you know, it was across the country. I was in New Hampshire with my mom. Uh-huh. Um, but what he... Ha- what cities are in New Hampshire? That's a good <laughs> this question. Is my, this is my, <laughs> my ignorance coming out. I'm like, I started trying to think of what cities in New Hampshire. I'm like, holy cow, I, I can't even think of one city in New Hampshire. Where are the cities That's there? okay. It's kind of a random state. It's uh, So Concord's the capital. It's kind of in the middle. Okay. Uh, I grew up in Merrimack, which is a small town in kind of the southern part of the state. Nashua okay. is a larger town nearby. Portsmouth is the, the port town. Okay. Um, that's where all the beaches are. That's where uh-huh. my grandparents were. Um, and then north, of, you got the White Mountains. You got some other towns. There's a bunch of kind of small woodsy towns, the way I think of it. Right, right. But okay, thank you for educating me. That's on where I was at, yep. New Hampshire geography. I barely know it myself, so <laughs> <laughs> I should do better. Anyway, um, so my dad kind of re-engaged in my life at that point and uh-huh. was starting to reach out and build relationship. And so what happened was kind of over the years I would see his faith and I noticed there's there's something different about it like I'd go to church with my mom and be bored as heck right. and then I would get like a week of time spending with my dad and I'd hear him pray and I'd see him reading his bible and I'd always leave like inspired and I didn't even know why at the time it was just like there's something different um, but anyway kind of fast forward I got into high school and just kind of renounced church at that time I just became a snot-nosed teenager and <laughs> You know, I would complain to my mom. Technical term for a religious philosophical position. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You can take classes on that. Yeah. But (laughs) um, so I kind of started living a worldly life. Well, I was always a sinner, but I started really kind of rejecting the faith. I whatever little faith I did have growing up because I kind of just wanted to go and do my own thing. So I 
pursued women, pursued drinking, pursued just worldly satisfaction. And it was in the midst of that that my dad, who I'd been building a relationship with throughout these years, invited me down to a teen camp uh, where he was living at the time, which is in Texas. And so, oh, so your dad has left New Hampshire. He is now in Texas. Yeah. So after he became a baptized in the new L.A. church, yeah, yeah. he ended up asking his boss. He so he flew home from his business trip to Maryland, asked his boss if he could uh, just ha- have a position in L.A. And they said, yeah. So he could be part of the church that he was converted in. Really? So they actually acquiesced to that. And he ended up living out there for a while. And that's where he went, met my um my stepmom, Lily, uh-huh. and they got married in the church. What are your parents, or what's your dad and stepmom's name? Uh, Tim and Lily Anderson. Okay. Um, formerly Lily Salcedo. So I don't know if that name rings a bell, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, I don't know them. I was just kind of curious. No, I... yeah. Um, so they had moved to Texas, and uh, my dad was invited uh, to, come to, to come down to teen camp, and that was the last thing I wanted to do with my summer, man, was go to church camp. It was like, <laughs> Not on my radar at all. I was like, you know what? I'll go. I'll just kind of get through this. Uh-huh. You know, I'll be with my dad. My dad was going to be a counselor there. So I was like, I'll get time with my dad. That seems like a good thing, right? And so I uh, went down to this teen camp, and uh, my dad was the counselor in my cabin. It was the oldest, oldest boy's cabin, all uh-huh. the senior guys. A bunch of them were already disciples. And I remember just thinking, you know, I'm just going to get through this week. I'm not going to let this affect me. And... Uh, <laughs> Let me guess, until the first Starlight Devotion. Oh, my goodness, bro. <laughs> is that what you were going to say? Well, I mean, it was <laughs> pretty <laughs> much. Work. It's amazing. It is. There's such power. <laughs> Teen camp is amazing. It changed my life. Uh-huh. It really did. Like, um, I heard more scripture that week than I think I'd ever heard in my life growing up. And it just cut through all my prejudices, all my preconceived notions, cut right to my heart. And I was like, man, I'm not living if you'd ask me, like, oh, what's your faith at the time? Like, oh, I'm probably a Christian. But if you looked at my life, not even close. And right, it, sure. it just convicted me to the core. So anyway, flew home back to New Hampshire from teen camp after that week. Started going to, seeking out the church in New Hampshire. Started studying the Bible at the teen ministry there. My mom thought I was crazy, but amen, praying for her. And, uh, and, you know, I ended up getting baptized in the teen ministry there and then moving out to Colorado, like, a month later for college. And so... Had you already planned on going to Colorado for school before this? I did. Uh, and my dad was kind of help, helping to orchestrate behind the scenes. He's like, I think you should go here. Because he knew where the campus ministries were at. Right. That wasn't on my radar when I was looking for right. school. So I was studying the Bible, <laughs> right? right? So, um, so anyway. you on the intramural programs. Yeah. <laughs> intramural basketball yeah. league. <laughs> he knew, man. Well, God knew. He, he orchestrated it all. So I ended up in Boulder, and that's kind of more where I grew up spiritually. Because I got right. baptized in New Hampshire, but then moved to Colorado. And that's where, um, in the campus, I kind of made my faith my own and yeah, yeah. Grew, grew and matured the little bit that I did oh, as a teenager cool. <laughs> in college. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's kind cool. of my story. Well, how about for you, Alyssa? Yeah. Um, so my parents actually became Christians when they were in school at CU in Boulder. Oh, okay. So I grew up in the Denver church uh-huh. um, and I became a disciple in the teen ministry um, when I was 15. That's great. Right when I was starting high school. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, that was great. Uh-huh. <laughs> Loved the teen ministry. And then I went out to the University of Virginia uh-huh. for school. So I was there for four years. And, yeah, I think that was a really defining time for me in my faith, kind of being away from the church I'd grown up with, away sure, from my family. Yeah. Yeah. And even just being in a different region, nobody really knowing who I was and kind of figuring out what about my faith was really genuine. Um, yeah. And I loved it. I loved being a part of 
the Rocky Mountain region. I loved being part of the ACR, uh-huh. um, just seeing more of God's kingdom. Yeah. So then I graduated and I moved to Richmond to work for for two years. Oh, um, did did you do uh, ministry work there? I didn't. So what did, what did you study in college? I studied systems engineering. She's brilliant, man. Are you serious? <laughs> Come on, girl. Yeah. So what was your job I loved Richmond? it. So I I went to Capital One, the credit card company. Oh yeah. And Capital One. This is not yeah. product placement. What's <laughs> paying me for this? Not a sponsor. Although that lady is from West Virginia, she's like the most famous person out of West Charleston, West Virginia, oh, no in the the world. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. So funny story about that. Uh, it's Jessica Garner. Is that her name? Garner? It's Jennifer. Jennifer. Garner. Jennifer. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> there's a little bookshop in downtown Charleston, and one of my wife's friends worked there, and she texts her, Jennifer Garner's here. So my wife says, "Hun, I have to go right now. <laughs> I'm like, where are you going? She's like, Jennifer Garner is at Taylor Books. I have to go. I'm like, you're going to go stalk Jennifer Garner? <laughs> and sure enough, my wife did. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. Did she see her? Yeah. Wow. Oh, and then uh, Mandy Kelch, who's selling the book over here, Jennifer Garner's kids stole. She was in Taylor Books, you know, eating a pastry with her kid, and they're like little, little kids, and Jennifer Garner's kid came over and stole the pastry. So Jennifer Garner had to be like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'll buy you another one. Wow. Isn't that funny? That's crazy. Uh, So every now and again, there'll be Jennifer Garner signings in Charleston, West Virginia. That's hilarious. And my wife is a part of the... Crazy I would go to. I would do <laughs> this. Awesome. Yeah. So anyway, oh my goodness, you work at Capital One. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> That's funny though. <laughs> yeah. So I worked just as a data analyst. Okay. For two years before I moved out to Grand Junction. So then, okay, what? How did that? Let's kind of get into that. How did that happen? Did you guys meet? Did you meet out there? Like, we kind of met through. Well, Alyssa grew up in Boulder, and I went to school in Boulder. So I kind of got to know her parents even before I knew her, because her parents would host the Boulder ministry. They were kind of like shepherds of our group and would have us over for midweeks and different things. Sure. And Alyssa came home for uh, in the summers. Uh, you know, So we kind of see each other in passing during the summers and things. Yeah, yeah. And you see the pictures at the house and be like... Yeah, yeah. Who's that? Who's that, <laughs> Who's that sister? Uh, yeah. Do you want to tell your side of that? Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I came home the first summer, and I thought he was super great, and I was really interested, um, but we didn't start dating for four years after that, so oh, wow. it's kind of a long I was long a blind man, Rich. <laughs> He's slow on the uptake. We yes. get it. <laughs> that was it. Oh, that's great. So you yeah. moved back, and you moved straight to Grand Junction, you were saying? I did, yeah. So, so actually, Max went out first on the mission team right after he graduated. Yeah. I'm sure that. So let's okay, let, let's kind of transition into that part. Tell us a little bit about how the Grand Junction idea came around, came about, and, and what that whole process was like. Yeah. So I mean, Denver. Part of the 2020 vision for Denver was to plant several different churches throughout the Rocky Mountains. One of which is Grand Junction. It's the uh-huh. largest uh, city on the western slope of uh, Colorado. Okay. Kind of west of the Rocky Mountains. And, um, and so Denver was kind of putting together a team, but the whole idea was, you know, why, why should we wait to be able to hire like a full-time staff couple, you know, when we could just put together willing souls and, you know, pay some part-time interns and provide some, some high quality media, you know, some recorded sermons from the Denver evangelists and just go start, you know, reaching people. Yeah. And so kind of the call went out for that and I wasn't even originally considering it at all but um 
I think God kind of was knocking at my door a little bit and uh-huh. um, through some different people and different conversations. And I wasn't even going to be able to go because I had more school to finish, but I was able to finish my school early um, over the summer and then be there for the fall launch okay. um, of the mission team. So I ended up moving out. And then we had we, right after I moved out, we started dating long distance. Uh, so we we're dating. She was working corporate America. I was the part-time campus intern. Okay. And so from <laughs> all things considered, it looked very much like, okay, who's going to move? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, in worldly wisdom, you'd go, well, of course, the part-time church intern. <laughs> but <laughs> she's, like, established, yeah. getting raises, <laughs> helping lead. I mean, Alyssa helped lead, uh, you know, Singles Bible Talk out there. just doing great stuff. Uh-huh. But, um I also felt really called to be in Grand Junction, so yeah, we're kind yeah. of at, at odds as to what to do there. Well, I'd love to hear, okay, two parts, and, and so I'll throw it out there and then we'll talk about it. I'd love to hear your process of deciding, and then I'd love to hear what was that like, those early days, getting it started, and then, you know, coming in. So what was what was your process of deciding to do it like? Um, well, I was pretty resistant <laughs> for a while. Um <laughs> I think I felt really strongly about where I was at. I really, uh-huh. I loved the Richmond Church. I still love the Richmond Church and the singles ministry. And I felt, I guess, excited to learn how to reach out to people at my job. That was yeah, kind yeah. of a new arena. Um, and was already seeing fruit in that, just uh-huh. with my coworkers coming to church. My manager came to church and um, just meeting people in the community. So I felt like it was just a fruitful time. Um, And I also, yeah, I think I just had a bit of stubbornness with just not wanting to be the one to move. Um, Uh But I just been praying for God to give me a hear my, send me heart. Yeah. Um, But I was really expecting him to like send me to stay where I was. Yeah, you, you, just, you were praying for here am I send me, but hoping for here I am send him. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think yeah, I felt ready to like take on just like more responsibility, and the ministry yeah, yeah. is already in. Um, but I feel like God was just working on my heart over time because I initially felt really against it, and then this was going to different retreats. I actually went to Beachstock, um, oh, yeah, yeah. and the theme was here am I send me, and in one of the lessons, they just kind of made the statement that some of you need to quit your jobs and like go on the mission field. And I was like, okay, like some people do need to do that. Like that. <laughs> I hope they do that. <laughs> yeah. um, but then just the day after I got back from that, from Beach Stock, one of the Denver staff called and asked if I would be willing to go. And I just didn't feel any resistance anymore. I feel like God really softened my heart and kind of prepared me to go without me Uh even knowing so um had a few weeks to decide but ultimately just quit my job and moved out to Grand Junction to at that time just be a a part-time intern okay Um, so you went to be an intern as well I did okay yeah you should share about your your heart with that that whole wrestling thing there oh well I mean I (laughs) I just love her story. It's just cool to me. You guys are the funnest people to talk to. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I guess I feel like before I moved, I, I did a lot of wrestling just with wanting to be faithful no matter what happened when I went. 
that I was making the decision for my relationship with God and that I was just following God's call. Um, Yes, I feel like I just had to wrestle and surrender to the fact that even if I didn't enjoy it at all, even if I didn't like working in the ministry, if I wasn't fruitful at all, if we ended up breaking up, and if I just was really unhappy, that God would still provide everything I needed and that he would be enough and that it was where he wanted me to be regardless of what happened. Yeah. Um, and you thought of all that yourself? <laughs> um, I'm, I think a lot, probably <laughs> too much. Well, I mean, that, that's but. really mature. A, a mm. lot of people, when they hear my thing, they're, um, they're just like emotionally excited about it. They don't actually think through any of the, well, what if this doesn't, what if this mm. absolutely goes upside down? Am I still going to love Jesus? Am I still going to be okay? You know, like, are me and Jesus going to be good? That's like a lot of maturity to, to think through at that level. So, there Thank you, you go. She's awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the Spirit just helped me a lot. Yeah, yeah. To go into it and to not set myself up to end up in bitterness or just yeah. regret. Um, so I feel like by the time I got there, I was just taking that leap of faith and just excited to go and right. I had already worked through all of my fears before getting there so yeah yeah now yeah, we have no fears <laughs> what's well, funny we should actually do a class like that because well, you know we're at an ICMC and so it is a lot of here in my SME and rightly so but it, it should also be a you know you count the cost also you mm. know like yeah. you can take it in the chin here and, and you're yeah. ready to stand that blow and, and not wind up on the mat so yeah that's a, that's a cool thought but it was definitely the time in my relationship with God that my faith grew the most and I feel like continues to grow so looking back I see even like the sacri- sacrifice of quitting my job and leaving behind my relationships that I'd established for years yeah. was like totally worth it yeah that was really God attractive, like honestly, it. too. Like, I mean, just from a, in our dating relationship, I was like, man, this is a woman who's willing to give it all up for uh-huh. what she feels like God's calling her to do. Because it really, I was thinking I was, I was part of the equation, but you were really moving because you felt called by God. And to me, that was just like, I don't know, that's an attractive quality yeah. for all the sisters out there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> all right, well, we'll get away from dating advice. <laughs> Dating advice with Max. <laughs> Tell us about, <laughs> um, so what was it like? You, you heated that call, you go out there, you were there first. How long was it between when you, Max, got there and then, Alyssa, you got there? Uh, about a year. Oh, okay. So not, not super long. Not super long. So, yeah, we moved out there. Uh, the mission team was 13 disciples. Uh-huh. Um, how, and how, what was that breakup? Tell me a little bit about that. It's kind of a mix. We had, so we're at two... Myself and this awesome sister, Shelby, uh-huh. uh, were the campus interns. Uh, we didn't have any other campus students other than that, so we kind of started with technically zero students. And then, let's see, we had three singles. Um, I'm trying to get my numbers right. I think four married couples? I don't know, because Gus and Heather. They yeah. got married. Yeah, one couple yeah. did get married while they are out there. So I guess maybe it was like five singles. So originally. no college students? No college students off the bat. Wow. So they walk around on campus, you know, oh, are you a student? No. Oh, so you work here? No. But <laughs> well, you want to come to Bible Talk? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. So, a little awkward, but that's all part of it. Yeah. yeah. God works anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. And so 
uh, what was that like? Tell us about that experience. Because you were converted in New Hampshire, then you were in Boulder, which is an established church. That church has been around forever. Now you, 13 of you are out on the western side of the Rockies. What, what was that like for you? Man, it was it was an adventure. It was challenging. It was all kinds of stuff. I think, you know, there, originally there's a, we have some kind of like preparatory meetings, you know, when we're still in Denver to kind uh-huh. of get to know the, each other. Because really, the mission team, we didn't have a whole lot of relationship right. going into it. So there's some of that. But then that really didn't get forged till we were out there. I would say the first, like, year at least was just a lot of like even just building family and building trust and relationship and so um we went out there one of the couples that was out there found a coffee shop where we could rent space and have church so that's where we did church yeah yeah um there's this cool coffee shop that they're willing like on sundays they were closed so we would just move all the tables out of the way and set up chairs and have church in the coffee shop is pretty cool just off campus Uh uh-huh and uh yeah, we're just trying to figure things out. I mean, the, like I said, we'd watched kind of videos that were created from some of the evangelists in the Denver church. Okay. And we had a lot of support. A lot of people would come and visit us. About four hours from Denver to Grand Junction. So people okay. would drive out all the time We uh, just to help encourage and support. Yeah, yeah. But we were just kind of getting our feet under us, and we'd get on campus and share a lot. And uh-huh. it was tough. I mean, the first year, we, we think, uh, got a fair amount of persecution. We had a bunch of studies going on campus, and then... Um, one of the other clubs kind of got wind of who they kind of thought we were, right? right? Yeah. And um, just really slandered us to some of the people that we were studying with, and kind of all our studies kind of dropped out from under us. And so the first year, we, we baptized one guy. Uh-huh. Uh, he has since kind of walked away. And so it was a rocky start for sure. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, I think God just was working the whole time. And so since that original 13, now we're at uh, right around 35. Are you serious? Um, so God's multiplied us. You baptized one dude the first year, yep. and now you're at 35. Yeah. Dude, uh, shut up. That's incredible. God did church it, church is at 35. What is? Oh, the church, not the campus. Yeah, right. The campus is about 16. Yeah, still, like, that's incredible. That's so encouraging. Yeah, it really is. Oh, my goodness. So we're grateful. It's funny because we have those memories with Charleston where the first services were in our living room, like just us, and and now to see the church filled out and growing, and like it's like there's such a specialness to having that. Yeah. So I, I love that. That's so cool to hear. Oh, my goodness. So, um, okay, tell me about... Like, what lessons you've learned in... Well, what was your experience? You got there a year later. Oh, that was it. The first year, they didn't have you. And then, Alyssa, you showed up a year later. That was it. Things yeah. have been golden since. Golden, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um. No, I'm kidding. So, yeah, uh, tell me about your experience. When you got there, what was that like going from a Richmond, established churches, to being uh, a part of a, a small mission team? Yeah, well, it was a cool experience. I think it was difficult in some ways, but Uh really great in other ways. I think by the time I did get there, it was very clear that that family environment had been established. So that was really cool to come and to feel just very welcomed in. um, And I think people were really excited. I feel like our church is just genuinely really grateful. So I think that creates this really encouraging environment of right. people just really 
grateful for the ways everyone serves. But I moved out there at the same time another disciple from who had graduated from a school in Denver moved out at the same time. Okay. So we kind of got to join Max in storming the campus uh-huh. again, year two. Uh-huh. Um, and so that was really helpful as well to have oh, yeah. a partner in that. And so uh-huh. we, yeah, I think that that year was probably the most that I've shared my faith consistently because yeah. it was just the reality was if we weren't sharing on campus, nobody else was, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was kind of crazy. That was new for me. Uh-huh. Um, and I think the whole... All of the women were definitely willing to come share on campus with me. So that was cool, just having the experience of sharing with people that weren't just my peers. Right. Um, But yeah, I think because I had, I think, already really wrestled to be surrendered, even if I wasn't fruitful, like I feel like God helped me to, to stay really faithful, even though again, only that whole year, one girl became a disciple and it was uh, the last day of the spring semester. Was it really? <laughs> so she took her last final and then we went to the river and she got baptized. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. And she ended up transferring schools. Are you serious? Um, so. No. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think, yeah, I think God was just faithful through all of it. So. Yeah, yeah. And then since then, we've seen the ministry grow up to, to 15. So it's been amazing to see. Two years ago at Reach, we had zero students come uh-huh. to the ICMC. And now this year we have nine students with us. So. Oh, that is so great. Yeah, that's really encouraging. Yeah. Um, so what have you guys learned in this process? So the reason I'm so excited about this, and I've told you this, but just so the podcast people know. So um, we are wanting to plant Morgantown, West Virginia. It's an amazing city, a school of 35,000. For us in West Virginia, it is the heartbeat of the state. And um, But we're, we can't wait to do the whole, have enough money to support a, uh, a couple and all that kind of thing. Or we could, but it just, that's a long way off. So this model is like something that we think about and pray about and are like, is this even possible? And so what you guys are doing is like, you know, so tell me the lessons you've learned. What are the strengths of doing something like this? What are the weaknesses? Um, what would you say to people that are considering doing something like this? That like the people that are not the church leader that's thinking about doing it, but the people that are actually gonna go and do this. Like, tell me a little bit about those kind of things. Mm, that's awesome. That's cool. You guys are looking to plant that. I know. It's exciting. Dude, I gotta tell you some crazy stories afterwards. I won't say on the podcast, but I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, man, I think what's what's exciting about it is just this idea of how you know we can reach small town America. Yes. You know, because there's so many. Uh, I mean, we're, our church what's movement funny is amazing. Is I bet you small town China feels the same way. Yeah, small town China yeah. in quotes, you know. Like, so I don't know if they have small towns, but <laughs> you know. But it, this, I think, this is everywhere. Yeah, like we get to big cities, but how do we get down to small town wherever? Yeah, and we don't have all the answers, but we can speak from what we have seen. You yes. know, which is, I think, us, you know, the group went out. You have this faithful group, and and sure, there's challenges. I mean, like we were we had part time interns, but then we also didn't necessarily have like a, an official these are the, the leaders who are making the decisions. Like we had shepherding from Denver. Right. But as far as in our local group, 
Um, originally, we kind of had like committee leadership, so okay. it'd be like the interns meeting with like some of the other key married couples who are kind of like helping lead the way. And mm-hmm. committee leadership in that way, it, it can work, but it feels like really slow and oh difficult. Yes. So that was hard, and just trying to navigate kind of that dynamic. Um, I think just feeling. I'm taking notes. I'm not texting. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> feeling like a. You know, kind of small, out there, a little bit isolated is, uh-huh. is hard. But it was just exciting to feel like, man, we're going. We're not waiting around, yeah. you know. There, there are souls that want to get to know God. And, um, you know, as one soul was added, another soul was added, I just kind of felt like, yeah, okay, God has us here. And God just kept opening up doors for people. Like one couple that I'm so inspired by is this couple of the Hopkins. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, they really prayed and wrestled with whether or not to be part of this team. They had... Uh, two daughters at the time they since had a third and um they moved out and basically bought a house with that before the husband Wes even had a job oh, wow. and for a lot of people that's a prerequisite it's like I have to have a job before I go I have to have a certain amount of security before yeah, I yeah. move and do this this leap of faith but they're like no we're gonna go and God's gonna provide and he did and I mean they were wise about it too they yeah. um made sure they have some some finances saved up so they'd have some time for him to look for a right, job right. but I just appreciate their faith to go, you know what, we're going to step out and trust that God's going to provide for us. Yeah. And things like that kept happening. I mean, God provided, you know, where we live right now, we're just a block off campus. Oh, that's and amazing. It's, it's been just an awesome kind of refuge for the students to come over yep. and do studies. There's been, you know, jobs, different, all kinds of doors that God's opened. So it just is validating to feel like, man, God wants us here and he wants us here now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, like I said, people are really supportive. I think a, a big helpful thing in the beginning was Denver's like, like I said the evangelist kind of recording sermons specifically for us saying hey guys in the coffee shop how's it going like right, they're yeah. really personalized uh-huh. but over time we kind of phased those out as we as the church has grown and uh-huh. and uh, you know now we do live preaching but I think in, in its initial phases uh, things like that were really helpful I don't know if I answered the question yeah at all. yeah no, <laughs> all this is gold this is amazing yeah um, yeah how so, about for you how about from your perspective yeah. Well, I think when I first moved there, we were still in the committee leadership yeah. phase. Um, and I feel like for me, it was something that I guess opened my eyes to just more perspectives on how to do things. I think uh-huh. I can easily be somebody that will just do the things we've always done because we've always done them that right. way. Yeah. Um, and from my perspective, they seem to be working. Um, but that was one thing that it made it, you know, difficult to really hear everyone's perspective and not have one person to say, like, well, we're going to do this right. <laughs> initially. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but also I feel like it really kind of made us evaluate, well, why do we do the things that we do? Like, what's our goal with with a Bible talk and with the different groups that we have and in right. our services? Um, and it kind of allowed us to establish just a, a culture that is biblical, but also fits in with the city that we live That's in. great thought. Yeah, um, yeah. Because Grand Junction as a town, it's so different from Denver and so different sure. from the other churches in Colorado. Yeah. Um, so that was something that I felt like was really cool. And it allowed people to really serve from their strengths um, because each person on that that committee, which is now kind of morphed into just our our leadership group, uh-huh. um, has such great strengths to share. Mm-hmm. 
And so, yeah, I feel like it wasn't always the way that I would have necessarily done things, which was good right, <laughs> because yeah, yeah. I got to really tap into just different people's passion and conviction and uh-huh. ideas and creativity. Yeah. Because I lack creativity. <laughs> so that was Systems something analyst, that... people. <laughs> that, I'll make it work. Yeah. <laughs> but so I mean, that's, that's like... Really cool. You know, that was part of it was it was an experiment uh-huh. from the beginning. I think it was just saying, okay, we got to try something. Yeah. And it may not be always polished. It may not feel totally streamlined, but uh-huh. we'll get there. God's going to work it out. But I think yeah. the main thing was just having the faith to do it and Absolutely. step it out. I mean, to answer your question, I'd say if anyone's thinking about it. Yeah, man, yeah. Yeah, what would you say to someone that's considering doing something like this, actually moving out there and doing it? I mean, I think about, like a couple I shared about, they were wise with their finances. They saved up some some money so that they could live off for a little while and look right. for a job. But at the end of the day, there's not going to be that perfect security blanket. People will ask questions like, well, if I move that city, like, man, where's the grocery store at? And, like, you know, am I going to be able to get, you know, this or whatever? And, like, man, like, wrong question. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I think we can get caught up in the minutia and in, in the having the security blanket. But I say take the leap of faith, man. Like, I know it probably sounds a little cliche and people are, we all kind of can feel like, well, you don't understand my situation. I got this and that. But I just say lay it before God and really listen and see what he puts in your heart. And because we need more people to go. That was part of our prayer and going on this team was that it would inspire more people to, to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what courageous faith to leave an established church, Denver or Richmond or wherever it was, and go out there. And, um, okay. What uh, great question. Okay, I, I, I forgot the question I was going to ask, but one thing I did want to ask. So now you guys are married, right? How long have you been married? Be two years two at the end years. of this month. Hey, that's awesome. Congratulations. And are you Thank both you. still on staff at the church? Are you working? Like, what are, what are you guys doing? Yeah, so they we were asked after, what, a year? We were asked to lead full-time. Okay. So now we do lead full-time. And, uh-huh. um, that's our gig. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay. Um, and... I want to ask you. Um, what would you say for <laughs> for the church leaders that are thinking about this kind of thing? Now, having lived it, what advice would you give the like for me with Morgantown? What would you say to us about this model? How to best equip it, support it, whatever um, for doing this? Man, that's a great question. Um, Gosh, it feels a little bit above my pay grade, so take it with a grain of salt, whatever I say. But, <laughs> um, you know, I think there's got to be the vision cast. I think that's one thing that Denver did a great job doing is casting the vision and it's getting us inspired and seeing the need. Um, you know, I remember we did a scouting trip. Uh-huh. We went out, uh, you know, a long time before the mission team was going to officially be sent out. And we took a group of kind of potentially interested people. And I would say probably two-thirds of those ended up, well, probably half, ended up on the actual mission team. Uh-huh. Uh, but a group of people who were interested went out. We went out to the city. We stayed uh, a couple nights out there. Uh-huh. We went up to different spots and prayed. Um, there was a brother who did a devotional kind of on the needs of that specific area. So uh-huh. we're in Grand Junction where we're at. 
Um, we have a particularly high suicide rate, and there's historical issues with meth and different things like that. Really? And so this brother did a kind of devotional talking about, hey, you know, there's kind of a darkness in this area, and there's a desperate need for the gospel. We actually have um, tons and tons of churches in the area, but um, there was some statistic about um, just the rate of churches that were closing their doors and their how, how low their attendance was. Basically, wow. a ton of religion, but kind of a lot of people walking away from it. And yeah. it just kind of showed us there's these, all these issues. There's this kind of shallow religion. This place needs the real gospel. And I just remember having in that scouting trip, praying about these different things, praying that we could, part of the mission team coming here could lower that suicide rate and yeah. or just bring hope to the area, different, yeah. different dreams. And I think that kind of helped us, I don't know, uh, churn up some passion and desire uh-huh. and vision. I remember praying a prayer over the city of just like to have Jesus' heart like he had for Jerusalem, like how I've longed to gather you yeah. together and just how he's weeping for it. And, um, and so that got me personally pretty pumped. Yeah, yeah. I think stuff like that to cast the vision and get a, and, and see the hurt, see the need um, was really good. And then, you know, just seeing who's faithful, putting out the, putting out the call. Um, I would say a lot of support. Um, I think it's kind of like when we baptize a new Christian, right? Like, I, I know for me, I often underestimate how much they need. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's, from my experience, it seems the same with the church. Uh-huh. Uh, that there's just a lot of need for, like, constant feeding and encouragement right. and, uh, you know, support in that way. Uh-huh. People visiting, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think we feel really strengthened by the whole Rocky Mountain region. Like each church in our region uh-huh. has just encouraged us in really specific ways or come out to visit or they just call to check in right. or they disciple us or mentor us uh-huh. and they're just involved. I mean, it's four hours to the closest church, so we're, we're pretty isolated. But I, every time we come to Denver, we're just, multiple people are coming up to me. Like, we, we pray for you all the wow, time. I awesome. think that somehow they're creating this culture where the, the body there is really supporting us in prayer, uh-huh. and they're supporting us financially, yeah. and, oh, and Is people. Denver paying you guys? Is that where the support comes from? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. That's so generous. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Super grateful for that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, she mentioned culture and that kind of brought to mind. It's, it's interesting being on kind of what we, I guess what we call the frontier in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You're kind of away from big church ICOC culture. Yeah. Um, and you kind of realize how much comes from that. Okay. Um, and so I, I found that for us, there's been a lot of explaining, like, this is what D time stands for. Like, oh, like, yeah. It's discipling. Yeah. And what that is, is yes. like, you yeah. know, and, uh, and so that culture establishment has, has been kind of cool to, uh, to go back to the Bible and see like, okay, what's, what is biblical culture? And for the most part, it ends up, I, I love our family churches. I think yeah. we really do a good job having biblical Christ-like culture. Yeah. Right? Um, kind of establishing, having to be really intentional with that, I guess from mm-hmm. a church leader's perspective, I would yeah. say that's, that plays a role. Yeah. In some way. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, one thought I had is, and, and I don't know, we, this is kind of an outlier question, but what, what have you guys learned about reaching out? Because the place where you are is a small town. 
you said it's 60,000 and the campus of about 12, and I know you guys' primary focus is the campus, but what have you guys learned about reaching out in a small town versus a, a Denver, which is the booming, growing metropolis? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I really sold Denver there. <laughs> it's a booming, it is growing. A it is a great <laughs> Well, it's funny because the Ryans moved out there, and they're friends of ours. Yeah. They were in Cleveland. Oh, wow. and, uh, and he's telling me all these stats about, like, Million people move there a year or something. I forget what it was. I'm making up crazy junk, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Holy cow! What? What is this mecca of, <laughs> yeah. of money and like you know? <laughs> the mountains and the marijuana, yeah. man. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Unfortunately. So, um, so contrast that with a, a town of sixty thousand with a small university. Um, what have you guys learned about reaching out in a small area that, that you would say maybe? would be different than a Denver or a, a big city? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I guess from what I've seen is where we're at in specifically, Grand Junction is an interesting combination. It's almost like a, in, somewhere in between city and like small town. Okay. It's like small enough that you see some of the same people around here and there. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's big enough that it still feels like a city. Yeah. And it's not like so tiny that you know everyone's drama and stuff. But yeah. Um, I think at first when I'm, I remember right before moving there, getting some time with some brothers here at the ICMC and uh-huh. asking a question, because I was coming from a campus of 30, 30 plus thousand yeah. students to a campus of about 10,000. And I had this concern. I was like, you know, what if we just go nuts on campus and we're just sharing cold contact with all these people and it's small enough and we get this bad reputation and then we can't do anything, which yeah, is paralyzed. Yeah. You know, and that ended up being much more of a fear than reality. Right. Um, I think the the value of still going out and just cold contact sharing has proved, well, valuable. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people have become Christians that way. Uh, we have great relationships on the campus, even yeah. with the, the campus kind of organization uh-huh. itself. Um, and so I think the there, there was this kind of mirage of, oh, it's so small, you're going to have to really be hyper-relational. Right. But really, it wasn't quite that. Now, I'll bet there are some really small towns where that probably, maybe that is more the case. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I guess that was different than what I expected. I expected it to be like, yeah. well, it's all going to be like a super relational reach out. Right, now, that yeah. definitely has happened as well, and that's critical. Yeah. Um, but that's one thing I guess I've observed. What have you seen? Well, that's cool. Yeah, well, I do think with a lot of the families reaching out right it is more it seems like it's been more relational like mm-hmm. reaching out to their neighbors or their yeah, yeah. like their kids classmates families uh-huh. um and so i think that yeah we've tried to do a lot of things where it can build the relationship and like build trust and kind of just bring people into an environment where they can see that we are different. Right. Um, because there are, I would say it's a really religious place. It's the most religious place I've lived in. I guess it's all relative. Oh, really? It's a particularly conservative part of Colorado. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, definitely. I kind of have this view of Colorado as everybody just sits around and smokes pot. And, or is You're not jog- wrong. Or is jogging or cycling. <laughs> <laughs> One of those That's true. Yes. A lot of healthy people, yeah. No. <laughs> either jogging, cycling, or smoking pot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably stereotypic of me. No. I think that <laughs> specifically where, where we live in Grand Junction is uh-huh. kind of surrounded by smaller farming, ranching towns. Uh-huh. So 
it's a lot more religious than I expected. Yeah, and so yeah. I think, I feel like there's been more of that relational aspect than what I'm used to. And pretty much most people I talk to, they, they go to a church somewhere. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think it has been a, a lot of building relationships and building trust and yeah. doing things at other times during the week to invite people to yeah. um, that aren't on a Sunday when they're already committed to something. Right, but, sure. Yeah, and I feel like even with the campus ministry, there, there are so many different campus ministries on at Colorado Mesa, are where really? we are. It's quite That's a few. Cool, like 10, yeah. yeah, there's so... I'm surprised at how many there are. Uh-huh. Um, and so, I, yeah, I feel like it takes... It takes time for people to see that we're really different, that we're holding to the scriptures, that we're living it out, and that it's the standard for our life, and it's the standard that we're calling them to. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's probably like the whole Bible Belt, the thing that they wrestle with, which I respect a lot, is yeah. reaching out to those types of people. Oh, absolutely. So we do get some of that. That's kind of specific to our town, though. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess I have to say all of the above. You know, as far as reaching out, it's like, you know, cold contact, yes. What do you call it? Warm contact? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah warm uh, contact. That's great. Relational connection. I mean, just yeah, do it yeah. all, man. Yeah. It's, it's all proven effective for us. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's so cool to hear. Like, I, I feel the same way about Charleston. It's small enough where I see this, I see people all the time that I know, but it's big enough where I see people all the time that I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. And it's like, there's still a mission out there. I don't know that guy. I don't know that guy. I don't know that guy. Hey, Bob from soccer. Hey, Joe from... <laughs> you know, I see all the people that I know all the time, but I also see all these people that I've never met that person. Totally. Know that, you know what I mean? And so there's still a mission out there. So uh, that, that's a cool way to look at it. Well, thank you guys so much for sharing this stuff. What what can we be praying for about you? Or you however you say that. What can we pray for you guys about? <laughs> Nah, man. We really weird trying to get the four and about in the right place. <laughs> I was thinking about that when I'm shooting the text. What can I pray for for you? Yeah, like, yeah. But that's not right. We should come up with a better saying. All right. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag better saying 2018. Yeah. Um, man, I really appreciate uh, any prayers that anyone wants to pray for us. <laughs> um, you know. Just general. For Jesus to be there. For Jesus. <laughs> Just for Jesus. No, we, so our theme this year is together. Uh-huh. We're really trying to build a togetherness and a family, kind of based on Acts 2, 42 through 47. Yeah. Uh, where God adds to the number daily, uh-huh. in part because of the community that people are seeing. Yeah, absolutely. Or Jesus said in John 17, it's another one of our theme scriptures of, um, you know, he prays that we would be one just as he and the Father are one. And that, you know, then he goes on right after to say, you know, so that people would believe. Yeah. And so we're just trying to really build that all the more. We feel like that's a strength. Mm-hmm. And so uh, for that unity, we, it seems like as soon as we start focusing on that, Satan tries to oppose it mm-hmm. uh, and divide. And so just for, I think, unity. Um, and then also we really are, we just set a faith goal for our special missions. And we had never done that before. We hadn't set a, a number goal. Uh-huh. Uh, until this year and we were kind of honestly a little bit doubtful like that it would even happen yeah and then God blew it out of the water really and it was super inspiring Come and so on, man that's great God hooked it up and so based on that we're like you know what let's set a number goal for baptisms this year we're not going to worship the goal we're not going to get weird about it but right. if we don't shoot for anything we're gonna we're gonna hit nothing you know yeah. so 
Uh, we're praying for a faithful 50 wow. uh, in 2018. That's and it's partially inspired by... Yes. Partially inspired by our your podcast about Adelaide. And so uh, hearing them set a goal for 55 at the end of the year, we kind of felt like we want to do the same thing. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so. great. Anything else? You guys are a blast. This has been so much fun. I really appreciate you guys sitting down talking to us. I deeply respect what you guys are doing. We'll be praying for you guys. And uh, yeah, man, it's been a great time having you guys. Thanks, Rich. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Good times. All right, well, have a good one. Well, there you have it. Max and Alyssa Anderson, I I hope that you are inspired by their story. Please continue to keep them in your prayers, uh, the work there, as well as just kind of this all over the place. We want to get to these smaller places. How are we going to do it? Uh, God has done some great work in establishing mature churches in big cities. And and how are we going to get to those outlying areas? And it really is the pioneer faith of people like Max and Alyssa Anderson. So please continue to pray for them and just that work all over the world that we can get to every corner of the globe and, and uh, preach Jesus and bring discipleship and really bring back that, that, uh, that new Testament standard. So such exciting stuff. All right. Well, next week I'm really excited about our interview. Um, Paul Vasquez of IPI books. If you are on their mailing list, you've been getting the daily 12 days of Christmas deals and all that kind of stuff. They do a great work of supporting and equipping disciples all over and providing resources that inspire us and strengthen our faith and and help all of us to grow. And and so we're really thankful for his work and the work of all those at at IPI. And so, um, yep, that'll be our interview next week. Until then, have a great holiday season. Thank you guys so much for always supporting the podcast. I love you guys. Until next time, Godspeed, my friend.
ไส